Welcome to Go Behind the Ballot, a podcast where two Texas moms go on an educational quest to demystify Texas politics. Join me, Nicole Abshire, and my co-host, Claire Campos O'Neill, as we deep dive into the most burning issues, hear stories from candidates, and offer hope in these challenging political times. Let's saddle up and go behind the ballot. Hey, y'all. Welcome to this episode of Go Behind the Ballot. I'm Claire Campos O'Neill. And I am Nicole Abshire. Thank you for joining us. Today is Thursday. You might not be listening on a Thursday, but this is our mini episode where we talk about our broader series topic at hand. And if you've been listening, you will recall that that is food insecurity in Texas. So Nicole and I recently spoke at South by Southwest about this very topic. And we thought this mini episode uh, that it would be cool if we describe our experience on the South by stage and just our experience at South by because we have never been as official attendees first-time speakers, first-time attendees. There was a lot to take in, and uh, I'm just so glad we were able to do it. It was awesome. Oh, but before we get into all that, something I want to get a little bit better about is if you like the show, please share it with a friend. You can sign up for our Patreon where we have some bonus content, and also we have a fun little like tip jar function, so if you're like... I love spending time with these ladies. Let me tip them a little bit of money so that they can keep doing what they're doing. We would love that. That'd be so kind of you. Uh, so yeah, how to mention should that. we pull back the curtain a little bit? Yeah, should probably. Should we really share Always. With, <laughs> with folks? Which is that Claire and I, we threw in the seed money to start this. And it's been exciting and wonderful and great. And we love doing it. Um but we know that long term that that's not going to be the way we can continue to do this. We we just can't afford to self-fund. Also, I think the mistake of self-funding would be that we're not kind of taking our audience into account. We're, you know, thinking about this as a broader community. And one of our goals, of course, is to bring people in to talk about, you know, civic engagement and politics and democracy in ways that invite a conversation and we don't just want it to be the two of us having a conversation with each other and just sort of like paying to be on air and make people listen to that. So I don't think that would ever be something we wanted anyway. But so we're trying to sustain. We want to be something that is here for the long haul that um, answers what I think is a need, right, which is to really look at how democracy functions and especially how, frankly, it's not functioning in Texas and what we can do to change that. So... Yes, that's well said, Nicole. And we're doing it through podcasting because I don't know about y'all while well, you're listening. So I'm assuming you're like me in some ways. But I, it's so much easier for me to consume information through listening when I'm driving my kids to school, when I am doing my chores around the house. I could, I don't, I just don't have the bandwidth to sit down and read articles the way I wish I could because I do not have the time, but I can put in my earbuds and I can listen. So that's why we specifically chose podcasting because we were like, this is a great way for people to kind of fill us into their dead time and help educate them while they're doing that other thing that they're doing. Uh, so, And the informality of it, right, yeah. too. Like we, when we say conversation, we really mean conversation. We want to be able to talk to people, with people, and not have it be super formal. We are truly learning alongside <laughs> everyone when we present these things or have people on. We are 
we are learning to and hope that our conversations are very accessible and fun to listen to. Yeah. That's a great way to put it. I know I'm always learning and almost to a point where I'm like, should I admit how much I'm learning? Because y'all might recall this, that I ran for office almost a year ago for state rep for House District 51. And sometimes I'm like, how did I not know this? How did I run for office and not know these things? And I'm like, don't worry about that. It's okay to admit that you don't know it. No one knows it all. Like, oh, this is something that always rings for me that Patty Everett told me a while back was that no one knows anything. And I was like, you're right. So many people are just pretending they know things, but I really want to deeply know them. So I'm going to be honest, you guys, I'm learning a lot too. (laughs) And I ran for office. I love that. (laughs) And can we cultivate that kind of spirit, right? Like, what if we all just embraced that we don't know everything and we're not supposed to, honestly, so we can bring in experts, we can learn together. I I like the spirit of admitting that. So, yay. Yeah. Thank you. Okay, well let's chat with y'all about what we learned at South by Southwest. Oh my goodness. It's a huge festival. It's like huge. 19 19 wait. 9 days. I was going to say 19 days. This year for 2023. (laughs) Well, I think they pack enough in. Like it could be over 19 days, but yes. Yeah. So for this year, 2023, it was from March 10th to March 19th. So nine days of programming. And South by Southwest has has it all. Seriously. They have a conference. They have a music festival. They have a film festival. They have all kinds of pop-ups around town where, where companies are marketing themselves uh, like new products they're releasing. I think Twitter was released at South by Southwest a couple of years ago. So there's like this, that. It's it's a, it's a lot to take it. And they have a big expo. So you have all like in the, it's, a, it's primarily at the Austin Convention Center and then all around downtown. But the convention center has the expo center where businesses have a booth and they're trying to show off this cool thing that they have. So it's a lot. And there's also multiple tracks. There's like a food track. We were in the civic engagement track, a music track, a cannabis track. There was a psychedelic track. So <laughs> you can, there's it's endless what you can learn about. Um, but we were featured in the civic engagement track this year. We had a panel March 13th, and we were hosted at the Hilton downtown Austin. I might have said that the right way. Uh, and it was like a really beautiful room. We were in one of the ballrooms had about a six uh 160 seats so we had our panel <laughs> take it away nicole <laughs> well let's start with because i thought this was kind of exciting so one of the things that they ask well first of all we had we went to a speaker training so they really aim to prepare people to feel as comfortable as possible when they are on stage so we went to a training oh probably a month ago and they you know, just kind of gave us the basics of what to expect, uh, what kind of tone to take. It was really great for kind of setting some of our nerves at ease. And one of the things we learned there was that um, we needed to arrive an hour early and go to a green room. So every floor, this is my understanding, every floor where they are hosting uh, panels and discussions has a green room. And so you go there and then someone comes and escorts you from the green room to wherever your speaking spot is. And so we, I, when I walked up, I ran into Lawson and her friend 
And which, you know, that was just exciting. I was like, hey, we're here. And then we were sitting because we were a little bit early. <clears throat> I was texting you. And um, we saw these folks walk in who just were so eye-catching. You know, you see so many people at South by Southwest. It's the most incredible people watching spot you can ever imagine. And there were these folks that walked in that were clearly um, an indigenous group um, with some, I don't know how to describe what they were wearing. Um, the man was wearing, it was almost this, it reminded me of a pinafore, honestly. And it was very colorful and he had braids and it they they just definitely caught your eye. And then there was this woman too who looked like this sort of, she could have been out of Mad Men, the TV show. She was wearing this like almost 50s housewife shopping suit. She was just so eye-catching. So they caught our eye. Well, anyway, I don't know if you remember, but then you got there and it was time to go to the green room and we walk in and you have assigned tables according to where your speaking spot is going to be. And those folks were at the same table as us. <laughs> and yes. it felt so meant to be. Lawson and I were both like, oh my gosh, do you see this? You know, we get to sit with them. Mm -hmm. So um, that was fun too, just getting to sit down with people that I absolutely wanted to hear from and get to know. Yes. And we did get their cards so we can follow the work that they're doing. And I think, I don't know if this is available to the public, but I know if you have a South by Southwest badge, you can go and listen to all the sessions you might have missed because their session was during our session. So we missed it. That was the bummer part. Of it. We <laughs> yeah. didn't get to hear theirs. Yeah. And another little tidbit, if you're a speaker, you get a plus one day pass for the day. So this is how Lawson's friend was able to come and hang out with us for the day, uh, which is a really nice perk. So you can invite a friend, a family member, a hype person to come and sit in the room and listen and be a part of the conversation. So I really like that they extend that out to speakers because you need you need your supporters in the room. It really helps to have them nodding along and be like, yeah, yeah, you're doing great. <laughs> 100%. I'm really impressed with the way that South by Southwest runs. It's very, yeah. they do a great job. They clearly know what they're doing. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so for our talk, yeah, like Nicole was saying, we were in the green room. We went into our room room about 30 minutes beforehand. I was a little anxious because we had, we had a presentation that we shared. And if you listen to the episode from a, from the Monday episode and you watch it on YouTube, you can see the actual presentation that we gave. And we had some uh, photos that we shared, some video clips that we shared. And I was like, oh no, is the technology going to work? And it took a little tweaking, but it was fine. The only thing that threw me off a bit was when we started speaking, I had really bad mic feedback. And I was like, thinking back to my acting days, Nicole, like you just keep going, you just keep going. You ignore it. <laughs> yeah. And you did. You totally did. Thank you. Yeah, you just got to hope that the technology pros clear it up. And they did, thankfully. Um, but it was great. I mean, uh, I, I wish we had had more people in the room. And I remember thinking that after it was over. And I was like, oh, I wish – because I just want to bring awareness to this important issue. But then this was a nice little surprise. I'm kind of jumping around timeline-wise. Um the next day after our panel, there was an article that came out in the San Antonio Community Impact News. News. 
Uh, and there was a journalist in the crowd who was writing about our panel. And I was like, okay. It was a just, great article. Yeah. Like you just don't know. Maybe there's not as many people as you want, but you don't know the reach that they have or what audience is behind them. So that was a good reminder to me that everyone who's here is here for a reason. And we don't know the ripple effects that this is going to cause. So maybe for those of you who are going to have an upcoming speaking engagement, you don't have a ton of people. It's fine. Like whoever is there is worth talking to. Even in this podcast, it's like, do I wish we had tens of thousands of millions of downloads? Sure. But those listening are listening and you don't know where it's going to take them on their journey and who they'll interact with. So it's fine. I had That's to be such like, a good okay. thing to remember. Yeah. Yeah. Because that can, that, that can be the challenging part of, of this work, right? Is you sometimes are very unclear. Well, not sometimes, most of the time, <laughs> very unclear of the impact. So yes, that. That really did help. Yeah. Yeah. And it's funny saying impact. Like it, it was in community oh, impact. That's <laughs> so that's great. <laughs> so true. So true. Yes. So yeah. Yeah. Um, and we'll link his art. It's already in some of our social media, but we'll link it in this show notes, in the show notes here. So if you want to go read the article, it was a really nice summation of what we discussed. Yeah, it's um, a very quick read, but it's very thorough. Yeah. Yeah. yeah he did a great job. Thank you, Edmund, for that article. Absolutely. Um, so yeah, what was your experience, Nicole? I, mean, I was moderating. So, so y'all know, I was the moderator. We had Celia Cole on the panel who we have an episode with, if you want to go check that out and awesome Lawson Picasso and Nicole. Nicole was there to be the voice to the folks who we had interviewed for this series that couldn't be there, but also to share what her experience has been like, quote, you know, discovering hunger. Um, but yeah, what was it like for you, Nicole? I was surprised at how comfortable I felt in the room, honestly. I thought I was just going to be a nervous wreck. But it it didn't feel that way. It felt comfortable. I might be pushing it, but it felt comfortable. And maybe also because, you know, in the room are people who chose to be there. Mm-hmm. And I could feel that, right? It was people who are interested in, in what we're sharing. And so, yeah, I really, it felt good, honestly. And, it, and I did, I had some reservations before we win because of the nervousness. I think um, that I wondered, would I ever want to do something like this again, honestly? Mm-hmm. Um, and I can conclusively say that I would want to do something like it again. It is such an opportunity and it felt great to have the opportunity and to feel as comfortable as as we did in the moment. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like everything flowed really well. If anything, I felt like eh, we were going a little fast in the beginning. So I had to like pump my mental brakes and be like, I'm going to, I'm going to ask some on the spot questions because we had a full hour. Our intention was to have like a 50 minute presentation and then 10 minutes for Q and A. Um, but it was funny being the moderator being like, it is my job to pace this and to make sure that we stay on track and that we don't leave 30 minutes at the end. Cause that's a little too much time for Q and a, but we did it. <laughs> so that was a fun, um, muscle to flex. Uh, and I had the, the day before our presentation, it was a day or two before I had gone to the one-on-one conversation with Chelsea Handler and Jen Saki. uh, Jen Saki y'all might know, is the former White House press secretary. And Chelsea Handler is a comedian who's been around forever, and she's hilarious. And it was really nice seeing them on stage because they're both so confident and so sure of who they are. And they're like, I have an important message to say. I'm going to say it. My voice matters. 
like I was trying to channel that. I was like, yes, yes, hype me up. So <sighs> I'm really glad I had that kind of going on in my head for our panel because I really tend to be a very nervous person. Like uh, even when I remember when we started our acting class that we took together, Nicole, like I, I, have, I have a problem with my hand shaking because it just comes out of my body. Like mm. I can't, and it's getting better. Like the more I put myself in these situations, but the nerves, they just are so loud. But for this, I was actually able to calm them down a little, which was nice. And maybe it's because we had done all the prep work ahead of time. I think, I think that the prep work we did was completely invaluable to making it all work. I because same I can tend to get really nervous and shaky before things but yeah there were a few factors that made the difference and it was obviously the prep work the fact that we had individual conversations and then we had a run through of our of our total conversation helped right then I I felt like I really had taken on the flow of what we were building Knowing that some things, of course, were going to be different. It's never the exact same words every time or, you know, you have a maybe slightly different insight the next time you talk about it. But there was a sense of ease about knowing the general flow of the conversation. And then also, I don't know if that this makes sense to share this right now, but I wound up sitting on a panel for something else, for some acting work that I had done. And so I got to practice just what it was like to sort of sit in front of people and, you know, be a member of a panel, I guess that was maybe like three weeks ago, but, you know, a little bit before this. So I'd had an experience like that sort of in front of a crowd and that really helped too. So yeah, combination really just, yeah, made it not feel really scary. Right. Yeah. And I, yes, yes. And even like leading up to this, I would talk to my husband and be like, ah, what am I going to, I'm how do I make these nerves like shut shut up? <laughs> and, and and he was like, "Well, you do your podcast. Like you do this like all the time now. You know, having our questions, talking to our guests. We have our roadmap, but we go off script all the time if something interesting comes up." He's like, "So you know, you've done this. You've got this." I'm like, "You're right. The difference is there's going to be some people in the room. It's going to be well, or it's going to be recorded, but we already record. So yeah, like this is familiar territory, and this is why more podcasters should be on panels." <laughs> Seriously. Yeah. Right? Yeah. You know how to moderate a conversation. Yeah. How to like drop just enough like questions and prompts to keep things moving. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And at the end, um, it was nice because there was a woman who came up to me who I knew. Uh, we had spoken to each other when I was running for office um, her name is Amber, and she worked for this organization called Mobile Loaves and Fishes. So she's worked a lot with the unhoused community. And it was so nice to get her feedback and for her to be like, thank you for bringing awareness to this. And it was funny talking to her. I was like, oh, my gosh, we need to talk more about the work you used um, to do. Yes, please. <laughs> yes, please. Yes, yes. But it was nice having her there. And there's also a woman who told me she worked with Whole Foods and their um, nonprofits part of the company. So I was like, oh, okay, great. So you're thinking about how to get food to people, particularly children. So I think we had good people there who were thinking about how, thinking about this. I think we were wanting them to start thinking more systemically. And I I hope we planted those seeds because this is going to be like a massive group effort to solve 
eliminating hunger. Yes. Yes. Is this when I plug for wage increases? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it's it's things that are feel less direct, which I'm learning like, oh, we need more unions. We need to raise the federal minimum wage. We need universal health care. We need universal child care. Like that doesn't sound like eliminating hunger, but it is eliminating it is. hunger. Mm-hmm. Yes, it is. Right. Yeah. When we say systemic, it's like this is just a symptom of something too that's much deeper. And if we could really work on that much deeper thing, hunger will just disappear. Right. It just will not be a thing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm just so appreciative of the opportunity. South by Southwest, if you're listening, we'd love to be invited back and we can talk about <laughs> something else that's in- that's interesting. I mean, all of this stuff. The way power is distributed is fascinating to me. I would say to you too, Nicole. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Like, like, what is this world that we live in and how has it been constructed and how do we deconstruct it if it's not operating the way it should be for all of us? And that's where we're at right now. It's very unequal. And there's a reason it's unequal. Political choices. Political choices. Yeah. And I, that's, it's funny to me too that the dichotomy, no, do I mean dichotomy? I think I mean the paradox, um, the paradox of how that is both really empowering and also surprisingly disempowering because then sometimes it feels just like, well, what can I do? These are the political choices people are making. Oh my gosh. And, you know, obviously there's so much rigging that's happened within the system. We've talked about gerrymandering, you know, there's just, there's a lot of things to be really frustrated about, but at the same time, it is also empowering because people can make different political choices. This really is solvable. Mm-hmm. So then that kind of gets me fired up again and I don't feel so powerless. Yes. Like the hope is that by bringing awareness and bringing other people into the idea that these are political choices and that we can make a difference by pushing our leadership to change or becoming part of leadership, whatever those things look like, this can be different. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you're bringing up my final sort of thought in the panel is we titled it Hunger Games, Who is Winning in Our Broken System? And revisiting the Hunger Games, it reminded me of this world where there's a lot of unrest in the population because there's so much unfairness. And it's Katniss's act of rebellion that sparks so many other people's rebellion. So she herself could never overthrow the Capitol, but it catches fire. You know, it grows she just she's the catalyst that helped it grow within so many other folks that led to the revolution so that's also i'm like oh man susan collins you're so smart like the way you structured this story the woman who wrote the hunger games because that's what it is it isn't just me you it's it's that collective fire that can really burn things down and change them <laughs> we're yeah we were we're hoping for no burning we yeah. are we are hoping for a peaceful change i mean i want to take power the right way but stop making it so hard to take it the right way I, I mean let's be real right if you push people to the edge and they feel like they have no choices then things get a little dicey so mm-hmm. let's bring awareness so that we don't have to get to that point where people are so desperate they do crazy things yeah exactly so take the power that you have. We have it and use it for good. And we're going to give you more tips on how to do that. With the people around you. Yes. Yes. You, we, it can't be completely. You, well, first of all, we can't even we can't, can't live on your own. 
no one can like be self-sustained. So let's live in community and work together to make things better. Boy, what another message, right? Is really thinking about that, that difference in philosophy about thinking about things as a collective versus individual. And man, that's another theme, right? That we see playing out in our politics right now. Yeah, yeah. Right, right. Yeah. So let's keep having these real conversations about what's really happening. We will. Yes. And let us know where you'd like to see us go with this show. We have ideas, but we always like to take some things away from our listeners. And we have a few more episodes teed up in our food insecurity se- series. And then we're going to go somewhere else. So let I us know, know where which we isn't should go. decided. I know. So this is your chance, folks. I have ideas, but yes, we love input. Well, there's always like, it always seems like something arrives right in time. Like, a, mm-hmm. this is where we need to go. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for listening. Share with a friend. Sharing is caring. Consider joining our Patreon. Do we even talk about the level? There's just one level. I think we just have one. We just have one. We have one level. And it is, I think it's less than most monthly streaming services. Yeah. Right? It would be, if you are a coffee drinker and you like fancy coffees, it's probably at the most three coffees. Could be four if you really just drink drip. But I think it's the cost. I'll be generous here. It's like it's four coffees. It's like two lattes. <laughs> yeah. If you if you like the fancy stuff, it's like probably coffee. just two. Right. <laughs> we'll have a range. Like, what kind of coffee do you drink? Do you just drink the plain drip? Because if you do, maybe you could go four. But probably yes. not. More like three. Anyway, this is a ridiculous yeah. conversation. Yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> yes, folks. We'll check all those great things out and we will talk to you soon. Thank you, everybody, for joining me, Nicole Abshire, and my co-host, Claire Campos O'Neill, on Go Behind the Ballot. Hopefully, we've demystified some little portion of Texas politics, and we hope that you'll do more with us. Check out our website at www.gobehindtheballot.com, where you'll find links to all of our social media, and you will find our community. Let's join together and do more. We hope you'll let us know what is working, and we hope you'll join us next week. Thanks, everybody, and have a good one.